Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about floating down the river denial, why people avoid life care planning, is Maureen Rollison and Brian LeBlanc. Maureen is president of Caregiver Support and Resources, LLC. She is also co-founder of We Are Hashtag Dementia Strong. Throughout her 25-plus year career working with elders and persons living with disabilities, Maureen has developed the philosophy that failure to plan is a plan to fail. This never became more of a truth to Maureen than when she became Brian LeBlanc's care partner. Brian is living with Alzheimer's and vascular dementia. Now Maureen has experienced the value of pre-planning both personally and professionally. Hello, Brian and Maureen. How are you guys doing? Hi, Jason. Doing great. It's good to see you again. So I know I am excited to, to dive into this topic. So Maureen, I'm going to turn it over to you. Floating down the river denial. Well, and, you know, of course, it's a play on words, but yes. uh, really, as I have had the honor and privilege of working with people who are going through the aging or disability process throughout my life, that's exactly what I see happening, is that as long as there is nothing that makes people actually face what could happen in the future, they don't. Um, it's probably the thing I have heard most frequently from people who have reached out to me is, where were you five years ago? And I tell them, I was right here. <laughs> where were you? <laughs> um, I, I just cannot emphasize, even if people try doing this on their own, how important it is to have a plan for aging. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the ulterior, or excuse me, the, the other option is to not age, and really we don't want to do that. So, you know, let's think positive. Let's say, hey, I am going to age. I am going to make it for as long as I can, and I've got a plan in place for how I'm going to do that. Um, a life care planner, there's all kinds of different people who do aspects of this, um, but as you can see, there's uh, health and physical, psychological aspects we have to look at, legal, insurance, emotional well-being, financial well-being. We explore state and federal benefits like Medicaid and VA aid and attendance. We do home safety, and we address end-of-life wishes. And Jason, I, I have to tell you that one of the things I pride myself on with our company, Caregiver Support and Resources, is that we do not do this as a cookie cutter. I don't have a document that I just plug names into. This is something that is very organic. It's literally taking people out and having them look at assisted livings, you know, and say, well, tell me, if you ever had to go to assisted living, what about these places? appeals to you, what doesn't appeal to you, because that physical building may not be there in the future, but now we know what was important to them. And when their families are looking for a place for them to live, they've already made that decision. They've already told us what they want. They've already put into place everything that, if they were not able to speak and help us at all, guides us to give them the best life they could possibly live. Um, probably 
the greatest value that I bring to the table is that nobody, there's no book that tells you, okay, once you start aging or once you have a diagnosis of a disability, here's what you do, A, B, C, D, E, blah, blah, blah. And there's there's no training for this. You know, I, I learned to do this because over almost three decades, elders and their and their families have allowed me to learn from them. And so I have in our company we have built relationships with multiple professionals, physicians, attorneys, uh, realtors, and all the different levels of care so that I can know with confidence when I refer somebody to somebody else in another profession that they're going to be taken care of. And we're going to continue holding their hand. Uh, it's vitally important that you don't just take one part of this and fix one part and then leave people because having blinders on and only addressing one part of this whole aging process, you don't get the whole picture of who the human being is. One of the things I learned with Brian, um, it was to realize that professionals, what, and I'm not criticizing them when I say this, but many professionals in nursing homes, assisted livings, home health care and such, don't have the time to get to know the person as a person. Right. So we can give them um, a written document that lets them know about them. And we also do videos where the person themselves, if possible, talks about their likes, dislikes, wants, and needs. If it's not that person, then their family members do. Um, we did that with Brian, and it has been pretty impactful, hasn't it? Yeah. How did you feel doing that? Well, I feel I feel a lot better knowing that um, when when the time comes, or if the time comes, where I'm going to have to enter a care community of some sort. Um, they won't know, they won't know who I am. Um, I'll just be a new face, uh, coming into their, to their community. So what I did, or what we did, we did a video so that I could express what my wants and, and specific needs are, are to be met. I have a lot of anxiousness. And so what I did was I, I said, if you find me where I'm anxious, which could lead to irrit, uh, irritation, agitation, uh, and losing my temper, play music for me. And I have playlists that are set up on my, uh, on my phone for that particular reason. And it's all types of different types of music, but they're my likes of music. You know, I don't want to listen to um, certain types of music. And so that's why I have that on there. But it's also to um, a benefit to Maureen to that she'll know that while I'm there, if she's not there physically, that video could help the, the staff take care of me just as just well not as good as she does but pretty well um so that's why we did it i and i found it to be very impactful everybody that has seen the video so far 
just they they are very very uh, uh, pleased with it. Uh, they understand it. And one of the things that I would like to say to anybody watching this, you're never too young to get a life care plan together. Because if you wait too long, it's too late. You know, you wait until you're in your, you know, late 60s, 70s, and 80s, that you could forget a whole bunch of stuff from early on that is going to help you in your older age. And that's why, you know, Maureen discusses the importance of making a life care plan, not just when you're in an elder age, but do it while you still can think cognitively. The next screen. Uh, Maureen, real quick, uh, somebody has a question, if you don't mind. How, I don't. If this video or this plan, how do you keep it current with the information as things change? How do you, how do you recommend people do that? Well, when we first started doing this, Jason, it was more of a paper uh, kind of book almost. But okay. as technology has improved and we've all been dragged along with it, um, this is, again, an organic document that we continuously update. I meet with my clients at least quarterly to okay. update anything. Um, and wow. certainly if they need me sooner or more frequently, I'm here. Gotcha. Very good. Thank you. So, again, I years and years told people what they needed to do, and I was right what they needed to do. I never gave people bad advice, but I have to tell you that until I asked myself out loud, why aren't I planning for my future? Why aren't I planning for aging? Because of Brian's situation, I started to hear all the chatter in my head. Well, if I started admitting that I might ever need to go to an assisted living or I might have to go to a nursing home or I might need somebody to come in and care, I don't want to think about that. And where I, where I made the, the shift, the paradigm shift in my thinking was that I could continue to deny that I'm going to age and then I thought, well, if I don't age, that means I'm going to die. And I'd really rather age than die. So how about I do a life care plan and, <laughs> and live? And, yeah. then, and so, Brian, I have done my own life care plan. And Dr. Maya Angelou said, when you know better, you do better. And I believe creating a plan for aging is influential in creating your best life. Um, it's. Absolutely. Going to anticipate your common aging-related or disability-related life challenges and plan for how to successfully conquer them. Uh, it's going to minimize stress not only on the elder but also their family. It's going to try to eliminate financial problems. And most importantly, everybody, please get your legal documents done. I got my daughters each a power of attorney health care surrogate living will for their 18th birthday. Were they happy? No. But I got it for happy them anyway. Birthday to you. <laughs> okay. My oldest daughter said, nothing says I love you and I'm proud of you more than a power of attorney, Mom. <laughs> <laughs>
It's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> That's right. Yes. But I did. So legal documents, please do not go online and get these legal documents. Please go see an attorney. And please know that when you're 30 years old, your power of attorney document is going to look very differently than when you're 60 years old. And so I have been told by everybody who's an attorney that those should be reviewed every five years. And let me add to this. Every time I go on a doctor's appointment, whatever doctor I'm, I'm seeing at the time, we always carry, we have this, this um, briefcase. And inside that briefcase is everything that, you know, that we need documents and so forth that comes with us everywhere that we go so that's another thing once you do get all your legal documents in a row then you can bring them with you wherever you go just to update the medical staff and whoever right and we have people keep that case with a big sign on the front in case they go out emergency 911 it's right by the door yeah so that they can be picked up and taken with them the three of us were speaking before, and one of the things we talked about, and I'd love to get your perspective, you spent, like you said, 25 plus years on the professional side of life care planning. Now, the personal side with you and Brian, I'd love to hear your perspective on, you know, what that transition's been like, what did you learn, what did you learn about yourself? Uh, I'd love to hear that. First thing I learned was, again, I repeat, I never gave anybody bad advice before, but what I gave them was very cold and cookie cutter and impersonal. I mentioned to you there used to be a commercial where the hair club for men and the guy would say, I'm not, you know, just the president, I'm a customer. Well, guess what? I'm not just the president of caregiver support and resources. I'm a customer. Um, how I talk with my, my clients and their family members is so much deeper now because although you, Everyone does this differently, and there's all kinds of differences. There's similarities. Care partners deserve grace and forgiveness, and they need to give that to themselves first. Don't expect everyone else to give it to you. Give it to yourself first. You're going to make mistakes. You're not going to do things perfectly, and, you know, putting things in writing doesn't prevent that, okay? But one of our things we talk about, and I do myself and Brian does himself, is we are in support groups. And we learn constantly, but we also get emotional support. And mm -hmm. that's something we push, push, push for our clients to do. She gets to meet with people uh, like her that are, you know, uh, caregivers, care partners. I meet with people other people that have dementia-related illnesses. And it almost, um, I, I use the word normal, um, and, and Maureen corrects me. I say, you know, I wish I was normal. And she goes, you are normal. You know, there's, you know, yes, you have this thing, but you're normal for the most part. And so, yeah, <laughs> depends upon the day. Um, but... When I'm when we meet with these these folks, or when I meet with my with my people, um, we can then discuss things and say, you know, has anybody else done this or felt like this or experienced this? And 
more times than none, everybody will say, oh, God, yeah. You know, like yesterday, I blah, blah, blah. And so we'll discuss specific topics, specific things. And I guess that's what Maureen does in, in her groups. And so it helps both of us understand that we're okay. But then it also strengthens our relationship. It, it strengthens our bond um, to know that. And then we discuss some of the things that we find in each group, and then we both have our aha moments. And these these are not complaint sessions. I don't meet with everybody and complain about what Brian does. If I'm going to complain about Brian, I'll complain to him. Um, it's more of what Brian said, finding out tools and hearing that you're experiencing the same things and how other people are experiencing them. Um, being able to ask questions. Brian, a question for you. Uh, you touched on this already, but your perspective on the receiving end of the personal life care plan, what, is that, what has that done for you? Um, it takes away a lot of anxiousness because I know that my plan is in place. I know that if something, I mean, if something, God forbid, and we've talked about this, if something would happen to Maureen, then I'm going to be able to go move forward, having all my documents, having all everything written out as far as what my wants and needs are going to be. Well, Brian actually developed a council for Brian. Yeah. So if something... Well, no, it's not just. But if something did happen to me, there's three people in place that will replace me in his life. And we continuously communicate and, and you know, are they're here to support me too now. But the counsel for Brian, he knows that he will be okay. I would recommend that, and I would recommend that to everybody. It's just, you know, it, it's that extra layer of of security it's that extra layer of of the personal contact because i mean look with with, with covid 19 going on right now we're, we're both experiencing the isolation that we never had before we would always be out and about and going places but now you know uh one day last week i was so anxious and agitated i could not walk out the door that's a whole nother topic but, but yeah <laughs> but but i'm just saying how that has affected us yes it is well this is, is a thoughtful topic here maureen with your experience on the professional and the personal side and brian um i know your advocacy with alzheimer's and dementia um how can people find you well, I would suggest first that they go to caregiver, C-A-R-E-G-I-V-E-R, support, S-U-P-P-O-R-T, and A-N-D, resources, R-E-S-O-U-R-C-E-S.com. That's my website. Okay. You can also go to Facebook and see We Are Dementia Strong. You can reach out to me at Maureen at caregiversupportandresources.com. Or my telephone number is area code 
2292. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to go ahead for you guys to go ahead and plug your uh, your Facebook. So we at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Saturday mornings, Brian and I get on. Brian does a blog. Uh, yep. He posts it on Wednesday on a bit of Brian's brilliance. We also put it on the Facebook. No ego there, huh? Uh, <laughs> I, I had the title before I had all this, okay? <laughs> um, so he uses his blog to establish what this week's topic is going to be. He does the blog from his perspective. We do the Facebook Live from both of our perspectives, a care partner team. Um, and, you know, for example, last week we talked about um, denial Anger and anger yes. and stress, I'm sorry. The week before was mashed potatoes and strawberries. Um, so, you know, we try to do it where you hear from the person who is living with dementia, and then you hear from the person, that person and me, the care partner, so you get both perspectives. We are dementia strong. Well, wonderful stuff. Uh, thank you once again, uh, Maureen and Brian. My name is Jason Kotar, and I am the host of Knowledgeable Aging.